And now for a look at Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage, then and now, brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, Ontario. This is Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In the last episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we spoke with Marla Rosher Osborne, who discovered her Jewish roots a few years ago in the western Ukrainian city of Rohatin. Shortly thereafter, she and her husband left their home in California and relocated to Lviv in western Ukraine, where they now run an NGO called Rohatin Jewish Heritage. This NGO, or non-government organization, is dedicated to restoring Rohatin's centuries-old Jewish heritage, which was almost completely obliterated by the Nazis during the Holocaust. In the last episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, Marla shared with us the reasons behind her driving passion for this work, a bit about the centuries-old history of Rohatin's Jewish community, and some of the different projects she and her organization are tackling. She also introduced us to one of the people who plays a key role in her project. In this episode, part two of our interview with Marla Rosher Osborne, we'll find out more about this man so critical to her work. Marla will also provide a bit more detail about the challenges her Rohatin restoration project faces, in particular Jewish cemeteries and locating headstones, or what is left of the countless headstones that had been desecrated and vandalized by the Nazis and later the Soviet authorities. Marla, tell us about Mikhailo. You mentioned the people of Rohatin working to working with you and with the Jewish heritage community, I guess, outside of, of Ukraine. So tell us about Mikhailo Vorobets. A very special person. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's 83 years old. And uh, in fact, we spoke about the Jewish descendants coming in 1998, working with the city to erect memorials. He was part of that. He was there. Um, he was in touch with several of the descendants that worked on the creation of these memorials, and he continues to be there. He is, a reti- at this point, a retired school teacher, which is a very common characteristic I have found in towns. Oftentimes, the person who is the, the carrier of memory, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. is a former school teacher, and he's written a number of books. He continues to lecture to students about the multi-ethnic pre-war population of Rohatin with the Jewish component very prevalent. Even last week, um, he lectured to some students about this. And he has been, for the last six years that we have created Rohatin Jewish Heritage, he has been our key contact in the city. He doesn't speak English, which is another reason why we always bring an interpreter with us. And it was uh, Mikhail Vorobets, as you mentioned, that Renata met with at least once, if if not more times than that, during her visits. And I would like to add that he, on his own, for over 25 years at this point, he has been planting flowers at the mass grave sites, caring mm-hmm. for the the cemeteries in conjunction with the city, um, bringing Jewish headstones back to the cemetery if they've been found in town. And he continues to be our liaison with the city and the residents when Jewish headstones are uncovered, uncovered in town for coordinating their return to the Jewish cemetery. So tell us about the headstones. That is your main project, right? 
Yeah, <laughs> from day one. <laughs> um, what to say about it? I I am not a practicing religious Jew, but the first time I saw a Jewish headstone on the banks of the river in Rohatin, it changed me. To see a Jewish headstone with Hebrew writing on it in a place other than a Jewish cemetery is a change, a changing experience, and it speaks volumes. Um, the headstones were our first encounter when we returned for that second visit to Rohatin in 2011. Mr. Vorobetz showed us headstones that had been pulled out of a road that had been opened for maintenance work. Headstones get pulled out of private gardens or as we walk the streets of Rohatin with him because everybody knows him and feels comfortable speaking with him. Mm -hmm. It is very, very common on trips for people to come out of their houses and motion for us to come into the backyard because they've had a Jewish headstone that they have been keeping, but they weren't sure what it was, what to do with it. At this point, six years on, I would say between social media and the many, many trips we make to Rohatin in the course of the year, and also speaking with students and working with the church, the Ukrainian church in town, residents know to contact Mr. Vorobets if they know of a Jewish headstone that is not in the cemetery. So we really have what I think is a, a wonderful momentum that's finally going after six years. You mentioned some of the places that these headstones are found, gardens and, th and things, Mm -hmm. These were used by Nazis and then Soviets as well. Uh, they just took these as concrete or building materials. Right, right. You know, again, as um, the Holocaust is about not just the destruction of people, but destruction of culture. And what are the signs of culture but the, the physical embodiments of cultures, synagogues, cemeteries, schools, that sort of thing. And one of the first things the Nazis did was to destroy the Jewish cemeteries by taking the headstones, breaking them into workable sizes, and using them to pave roads. The roads in Rohatin that we have heard about from memoirs and testimonies that were paved with Jewish headstones are largely known so most of the time when headstones are discovered in roads in Rohatina, it's not a big surprise because we've either uncovered them in the past or we have heard about these roads having been paved. We've had a couple of surprises in terms of private gardens. Only then, working with Mr. Vorobetz, will research and discover, ah, this garden had a house that a Gestapo member maybe lived in during the occupation or in the case of one area in Rohatin, Gestapo headquarters had the parking lot paved with Jewish headstones. So um, some of the same areas keep coming up, although periodically a headstone may be returned to Mr. Vorbetz, and we may not necessarily know where it was originally found. So, of course, you, you won't find them all. I think this project is going to outlive, I mean, it's it's going to outlive me because when I've, I started thinking, you know, Jews were in Rohatin for at least 350 years. The 
old Jewish cemetery was active until the 1920s. You're talking probably 10,000 headstones when it was finally full and closed and the second cemetery was opened. So, you know, somewhere in town, there are an awful lot of headstones that have not been recovered because to date, we've probably recovered somewhere between five and 600 uh, fragments, few of which are complete headstones. So it's a project that's going to go on well beyond my lifetime. And I need to keep that in mind. We need to keep that in mind mm-hmm. as a project that will continue. Wow. Then that's a legacy, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> wow. But yeah. you know, I, I think that's absolutely remarkable. Are other towns in Ukraine following your um, your model? Are they following your footsteps and getting inspiration and doing something similar? You know, actually, there are dozens of towns, and they've started long before I did. Um, I there These days with social media, I don't think a week goes by when some project is brought to my attention, and I find this is a project that's been going on a lot longer than Rohatin Jewish Heritage. Um, you have many, many examples in Western Ukraine, which is what I can speak best about. And they are oftentimes organically uh, initiated. In other words, they're projects that start up in town that don't even have the involvement of the Jewish diaspora. And they sometimes approach me as a bridge to the Jewish diaspora to get them involved in these projects and to highlight that there's a memorial that's being built or that headstones have been found in this town or somebody wants to do a project that puts a plaque on a former building that was a synagogue. And these are projects that Ukrainians in the towns are starting up. And it would be wonderful if Jewish descendants would join them in a partnership interesting to hear you say that. Since it was, you know, Jewish diaspora outside Ukraine that started it in Rohatin. Yeah, except truly, I mean, Rohatin has been caring for these sites long before I ever came. And Mr. Vorobets was involved with these projects, uh, you know, 15 years before I even made my first trip to Rohatin. So, um, I I don't even think I'm a good example to inspire other people because this stuff has been going on. It just hasn't been publicized, not as well as it's been publicized in other countries. For example, say Poland, just on the other side of the border where you've got similar projects. But at this point, Poland's got institutions and organizations in place that involve the Jewish diaspora in these projects to the extent they want to get involved. Ukraine is still lagging a little bit behind. And for many Americans, and I'm sure you know, also for Canadians, Ukraine just seems like another planet. I mean, so little is known about it. And it's just not as familiar. And, um, of course, for those of us that have roots in Galicia, if you have a pe- grandparent from Galicia, your town may very well today be in Ukraine, not not in Poland. So it's an education process on both sides. 
it's important for you to do this, and it's, it's great that you are doing it. Um, you've been on Facebook. Actually, that's for, for me. I've been following you since uh, Renata first brought Rohatin and then your page to our attention. Um, so this project that you've started with your husband, Jay, um, it's an NGO now that's devoted yes. to, to Rohatin, restoring the Ukrainian Jewish heritage in uh, or community or maybe heritage. I don't know if there's much enough people now to even have a community anymore like it did in, in years past. But at least you're restoring what's left and hopefully building on that. And you're telling the world about it. And you've got many projects. We talked about the headstones and we're kind of, we're almost coming to half an hour. So we're kind of, we, yeah. could, we could talk for another hour, at least, I'm sure. At about, least. Yeah. About, yeah, about your, about your, and maybe we, maybe we should, maybe we'll talk about that after we're done this interview and we'll make arrangements to, to get, to find out more about what you're doing because you've got different projects. Just giving us, give us a list of the projects that, um, that Absolutely. you're doing. Absolutely. There's a new regional museum that's opening up in Rohatin. It's it's a museum on Ukrainian regional history of the Opelia area, which Rohatin is the major town. And it's going, as I mentioned, to have a component of the permanent exhibit on the other ethnicities that once lived in the town. So we're working with the museum on a permanent exhibit about the Jewish history of Rohatin. Um, we have spoken several times with teachers and students who are interested in Rohatin learning about the Jewish history. Uh, also, several students, believe it or not, have expressed interest in learning Hebrew, how to bring Hebrew lessons wow. to uh, Rohatin, which is something I need to investigate further. Um, that'll uh, that'll so be fun with your learning Ukrainian and Hebrew. Do you, do you know Hebrew? No, I do not. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> Another project for you personally. No, I do not. So, I, that, that question absolutely hit me un, unexpectedly when a couple students and teachers asked about that. But in addition to that, you know, they're interested in doing projects that involve studying and learning about the history of specific buildings in town, what buildings, especially buildings on the market square, were pre-war Jewish businesses. Some of these students are interested in interviewing grandparents and great-grandparents about their memories of the Jewish community. Uh, they're interested in making walking tour maps. You see this in in other towns in the region. Buchach has a very active right. um, heritage project that, that is sort of centered around the writer Agnon, that they've built uh, walking tours around to, to see where he lived and rode, et cetera. And, uh, of course, Lviv has several heritage projects. So I, it would be really wonderful, I think, to even consider um, Rohatin joining forces with other t cities in the Ivano-Frankivs or Lviv Oblast, um, creating sort of a heritage tour. And the heritage tour could have a component that's Jewish heritage, Ukrainian heritage, Polish heritage. You get a lot of Poles coming over here wanting to visit their towns and understand where their Jewish, where their Polish cemeteries are, their Polish churches are. And in many cases, like Jewish heritage, there is not a, a Jewish or Polish community there anymore. So the Ukrainian current population lives with the Polish churches, the Polish cemeteries, the Jewish synagogue surviving buildings and cemeteries. So there is a rich, rich history here with a great potential for heritage tourism. 
And I would really like to get more involved with that because I think that is something that benefits not just visitors, like Jewish visitors, but it benefits the town and the residents as well. Uh, and, and obviously the visitors, I think, probably the most, uh, going away with a completely different view of the world and history and their place in the world. Most certainly. Um, but again, I think it's a, you know, it's very, right now, I think it would be a wonderful experience, for example, to bring uh, Jewish students over here to sit down with Ukrainian students one-on-one and talk. There are there are English courses that are taught in Rohatin. I've met with some of the students, so it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could sit and talk about what is of interest to them, and they would mm-hmm. discover they're very similar. They may live in different countries. Mm-hmm. They may practice different religions, but they have a lot of the same interests, a lot of the same curiosities, and I think it's a wonderful way of bridging differences in uh, countries, generations, etc. Just as I say, if I could bring somebody over here with me, a trip to Rohatin would turn them around because it's one thing to talk about it on social media and in genealogy-based discussion groups. It's another thing to walk the streets of your grandparents. Absolutely. Maybe I'll get you to bring me over. <laughs> I want you over here. Are you kidding? I'd love it. <laughs> well, I would love to as well. So that's something else for us to talk about later on. Um, one of your projects is public education campaign. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about that, how it's going and what you're planning, how you're planning to do that. Obviously, you know, talking on Nash Holis is one and being on Facebook is, is another Yeah, and to the extent that we can write articles or participate in conferences, etc. But Rohatin Jewish Heritage, as you mentioned, is now officially a Ukrainian NGO. And in fact, I'm here to say as of today, we officially have an agreement of a memorandum of understanding signed with the city of Rohatin to cooperate on future heritage projects. It's now official. And we have a website, which is rohatinjewishheritage.org, which by the end of this year should be 100% bilingual, English and Ukrainian. And the website is not only a place for news about our visits and projects and what's going on in town, but also we're very actively working on a timeline of the Jewish community. We want to have it eventually interactive with the Ukrainian Rohatin community so they can contribute the Ukrainian history. At some point, I would love a Polish contribution so we can get a fuller picture of what the uh, pre-war community was like. And um, it's a way of also being exposed to genealogy, heritage, um, websites and links of events, projects, other um, heritage activists on the internet. So it's a one-stop shop for anybody with roots in Rohatin, and it's continuing to change, and it will feature our projects, upcoming, past, etc., Wow, that is a huge project. Obviously, your it's life's big. work, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you probably can use help then. So, are you looking for volunteers to help? Um, uh, volunteers, it's tough because we're not really set up for that. I mean, it really is just the two of us. Um, we are actively working to partner with 
organizations. Um, right now, we're speaking with a, an American Christian organization about oh. coming to Rohatin next summer to professionally clean the old Jewish cemetery in preparation for our next big project, which will be hopefully using the headstones we've collected to create a memorial space. But generally, the best way to help us is if you have roots in Rohatin, we, of course, want to hear from you. Otherwise, the website, again, rohatinjewishheritage.org, certainly accepts donations. They are, for American citizens, uh, tax-deductible. And 100% of the donations go toward the projects themselves, and everything is very upfront and transparent in terms of what projects cost. And... uh, Again, we're not really set up to bring individual volunteers with us. But on the other hand, once in a while, we do need somebody who can help us translate something from Hebrew or Polish or Ukrainian. And we reach out into the community, usually using Facebook or people we've met along the way here in Lviv who have worked with us on other projects. Okay, so then for people interested in keeping track of what you're doing and maybe planning a trip to Rohatin or giving information to others who would be interested in going with roots there, whatever, you've got two main places online, your Facebook page and your website, and that's Rohatin is spelled R-O-H-A-T-Y-N. Yes, it's one word, rohatinjewishheritage.org. Okay, rohatinjewishheritage.org. And also just go on Facebook and same thing? Yep. Perfect. Yep, same thing. And there's a link from the website to Facebook as well. Okay, wonderful. Well, wow. You've got your work cut out for you. You're wishing you all the best. Thank you. We very much appreciate the interview because it's it's very rare for us to be able to bridge to the Ukrainian community that is the non-Jewish community. So this is a wonderful outlet for us. Oh, well, that's great. Well, thank you so much. All the best. And we'll talk to you again soon. And that ends our special two-part interview with Marla Rosher Osborne of Rohatin Jewish Heritage, a Ukrainian NGO dedicated to restoring the Jewish heritage of the Ukrainian city of Rohatin. The audio and transcripts for this two-part interview can be found online at the Nasholos website, as well as at the website of the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter, the sponsor of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you.